0: of the Ephesians, one of Paul's prison epistles. We were, just happened to be uh, in his imprisonment as he's getting ready to head to Rome. And so somewhere between his time in Caesarea and Rome, he wrote this epistle to the Ephesians. So tonight we're going to study that in the time we have remaining. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to just go contact us. At, and um, if there's a, a prayer request that you need, you can you can obviously contact us at contact at hbfcast.org and share that with us if uh, uh, you want to get in the chat box and share something, you can do that too. We'll be looking at those. And uh, and so I hope everyone's enjoying their evening tonight. So let's go ahead and I'm going to open up with a word of prayer and then I, I want to read uh, our text in Ephesians and, and continue our study uh, as we look at the first couple chapters of that uh, book and in the introductory uh, words of the Apostle Paul. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time just to meet with your people tonight. Thank you for this uh great book of Ephesians, Lord, that you've given us and the example of this church. Uh, it's like a many Romans uh, that uh, they were builders, and Lord, you used them to build the church through the first century. And um, Lord, they're mentioned both in, um, in the, this epistle by Paul and also by John in the book of Revelation. So Lord, it's a church that uh, was really a foundational church to where we are today. Help us to learn as we go through this study. I pray a blessing on uh, and I praise you, Lord, for this uh, report of this young man who uh, seems to have a benign uh, situation in his uh, palate. Lord, we thank you for that, and, and uh, Lord, we just pray that you heal that up. Lord, we pray for the nurses, both the ones I named and the ones that I didn't name. Um, Lord, that you just continue to keep the medical staff, uh, of the people we know and the people we don't know, safe during this time. Thank you and praise you for our governor as uh, they're planning to you know, relax here in May, uh, some of these things, and we just pray you continue to keep the people uh, safe, uh, and Lord, we pray tonight that, uh, Lord, there's uh, there's people grieving uh, over the losses that they've experienced, and we just pray, God, that you would meet the need any way and every way that you can through the Lord Jesus Christ and through God's people. Pray for uh, Gwen's uncle, uh, his his aunt, actually Carolyn, and thank you uh, for just uh, bringing, we know, comfort that in uh, the peace that passes understanding during times like that. We pray, God, that you just continue to uh, help her during this difficult season uh, I've heard several testimonies of that Lord and people losing loved ones um, you know over the phone and that's just hard and so Lord we just pray God that you would just continue to minister grace through us and Lord we just pray God that you continue to give us uh, a focus on things above and so that we can uh, process the things below and we just uh, thank you for the things that uh, you have for us tonight and your word we pray pray, pray a blessing on it tonight in Jesus name amen. All right, so we're in the book of Ephesians, and uh, last week we jumped into uh, the reality of this text as we, as I, I really spent a lot of time in the book of Acts, just kind of reading the history of the Apostle Paul's time um, there in the book, or as he spent time in Ephesus, and just kind of chronologically walking through all the, the passages as he was introduced to Ephesus. So we're going to touch back on, to, on the, the history of Ephesus tonight. Uh, the purpose of really even being in the, this book Uh, of Ephesians is just to reveal Christ's efficiency. Um, It it reveals who Christ is. It it also reveals the the church's unity and and the Christian's duty uh, as you go through the chapters, uh, and it breaks down really nicely in three sections, and we'll look at that as we go through our study. Uh, We also see that the theme here is building the body of Christ in the image and the likeness of Christ. This church is foundational, and uh, it is, as I've mentioned already, and it's a it's a, it was a church that really laid the groundwork for the Gentile churches uh, in the, in the uh, first century and beyond. So, um, and so tonight I just want to review with you where we've been. Um, and so we were in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, and let's just read. I, I'm eager to get into the, the first you know, chapter in full, but tonight we're not going to get into all the things there. But I want to point out as we get to verse 3, I want you to notice in your Bible all, the word us. And uh, this is a primer to where we're going to be going. Um, but I'm going to read up through verse 6 tonight, verses 1 through 6. And, uh, and then uh, as we go through this text tonight, just uh, on your own, maybe even after Bible study, get your pencil out or a highlighter and just go through the text and prepare for next week by underlining the word us. But uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus... And to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he um, uh, hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That's a loaded verse. We'll get to that here uh, next week. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved and so in those uh, six verses that we have there you see the word us appear several times and uh, one of the things that I talked about with you last week is Paul's authority Uh, we saw that um that, uh, you know, in his introduction, it says Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ. That's a standard way of introducing himself, uh, but he introduced himself as he typically does in the opening verses of that epistle, and by the way, if you have, if you were looking for notes, um, there's notes online. You can just hit the link, and, and should be able to take you to those, um, and we have updated notes this week uh, right there, and it should be right there in the box if you're entering through the uh, HBFCast website. So Paul introduced himself as the as he typically does in the opening verses of his epistle, as the Apostle Paul. And uh, he had nothing to prove to the Ephesians concerning his apostleship, so we talked about that. He was, had a great relationship with them. And uh, he, and uh, we saw that, uh, that uh, he did that unique work with, with them. Dr. Luke was very careful in writing the things in the book of Acts that we covered, and, and, uh, and so we covered several passages about the history of the Apostle Paul's uh, ministry with them, so, um, so this week we're going to be talking about our authority or your authority. And when you get to to chapter one and verse one, um, it says here that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are um, at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So Paul addresses this letter uh, to the saints which are at Ephesus. He didn't address the epistle. Uh, to the Ephesian elders, though he had a relationship with the Ephesian elders um, and uh, as we saw in the book of acts he he met them as he was in Miletus on his way down to jerusalem he had and they traveled across country to get to him so they had a they had a, obviously for the reasons you will have to go back last week to listen to all the details, but they had this incredible relationship they wept when they knew they wouldn 't see paul again and uh, and so they were they had a, he had a close relationship with the elders sometimes when he he introduces himself. You know, he makes sure to talk about the elders and, and such. But in this letter, he didn't. He just mentions the saints. Uh, I think that's interesting. And he's including a lot of people as he goes through there. It's us. And, and so, uh, again, very much like the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 1, he, he makes sure that the Romans understand that they are saints. It's not just the, the apostles, but everybody that's born again uh, has an inheritance in the kingdom of God. And so Paul, um, he, he says, hey, this is to the saints and sometimes people, when they're young in the Lord, I don't know who's watching, maybe tonight you're coming from a background where you maybe belong to a religion where a saint is something that is like a, a statue. It's a, it's, a, it's a Christian that maybe lived once upon a time that has now been um, you know put in a position of some extra elevation among our, um, our observation and they make statues out of them and you worship and you pray to them. When we say saint, that's not at all what we're talking about and that's not at all actually what the Bible's talking about. Uh, in the Bible, a saint is someone who is simply sanctified and set apart for God's use. And so, everyone that is born again is a saint. As a matter of fact, our mission statement here at HBF is equipping the saints of God in the Word of God to accomplish the mission of God in the power of God for the glory of God. So, when you think about saints, remember that old song, "When the Saints Come Marching In." Well, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, promises to return back way before there, a long, long time ago, even. Uh, you know, almost uh, six thousand years ago, um, Enoch preached that the Lord would come with ten thousands of His saints, and uh, and so, man, what an incredible prophecy that is! So, if you're born again tonight, you are a saint. You're set apart for God's use. So, the definition of a saint is simply someone who's sanctified. Everyone who's born again is sanctified, and they and that simply means they're set apart. And so, there's a there's a phrase that's popular right now. Uh, and you hear it a lot in the news and it's called the sanctity, right? The sanctity of life. And when you think about the sanctity of human life, what a great day to think about that. Everyone, well not everyone, some people are focused today. This is Earth Day, um, you know, um, and if you're a pagan, it's, really, it's a really great day to worship the earth. Um, but praise the Lord, God's going to have to renovate this earth someday. He's going to have to just totally uh, redo it all. So <laughs> praise God, I'm looking forward to that day. But the only answer, by the way, to i got to get off on a tangent while I'm here. The only answer to uh, the problems—by the way, we should be conservative and conserve our things, our water, our resources, and all that. I'm all for conservation, um, and uh, I recycle. I do all those things, and being green is cool. But at the end of the day, uh, God sustains us, and he's the creator. And this earth has been tainted because of sin, the sin, the sin of humanity. Ultimately, it's going to be God. The best solution for a, a Green New Deal is the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, uh, and so, uh, man, it's important. But we hear a lot about sanctity of life today. There's, uh, you know, even, you know, a celebration of the earth. Uh, you got to be careful with the origins of where that comes from. And, uh, but it, anyway, the sanctity of human life is important because, um, you know, when we talk about that, we talk about the womb. Like, you know, and how important, when, uh, most people um, understand um, you don 't even have to be a Christian to understand that when there, a, a child in the womb is well it 's sanctified it 's set apart uh, in the old testament um, you didn 't tamper with uh, the womb you didn't uh, you didn't uh, you didn 't mess with that and uh, there were penalties uh, for for that and of course today there is as well sanctity of the womb is important and, and so we use that word a lot uh, sanctity of human life meaning that life is important it 's set apart it 's distinct um, from from uh, you know from other things uh, that are that are not sanctified and set apart so and it's important to understand that God has set humans apart for all other from all other species so there's an elevated view of of human life right a, a human is more valuable this is going to mess some people up but a human is more valuable than a dog I love my little dogs but at the end of the day you give me my children or my dogs I'm taking my children why because they're they're special. They're sanctified, right? They're set apart. Uh, and so, God has a plan for for humanity. He has redeemed us through His shed blood, and He wants all men everywhere to be saved. He wants everyone to be a saint, uh, not by what we do, but but who we trust because of what Jesus has already done on the on the cross of Calvary. So, uh, when you're saved, when you come to Christ, you are therefore sanctified. You're set apart for God's use, for God's glory. God has an inheritance for you, and so. Uh, when Paul says, hey, saints, he's talking to everyone who's been born again. He's talking to what we call the church because of all the, not every saint, and that's even, that's interesting discussion too, we could talk about. Uh, if we had a QA time here and uh, people in the building, I'd probably just open it up. But there's a, you know, not every saint is equal, right? Because we have different inheritances. Only the church is born again. Throughout all of the saints in history, only the church uh, the, when we come to Christ, are born again. So that's a that's a that's an incredible thing as well. Um, and so you're saved from death. Uh, that doesn't mean we're the only people that are saved, and we're not the only people set apart. But we have a unique inheritance among those that are saved. Uh, and so you're now a saint if you're saved. And praise God for that. Paul's writing to the saints, and he's going to address the issues and the distinctions in chapters. Uh, three and four regarding the church and the understanding of how individually and corporately we work together in unity so that's going to be an important part of this epistle as a matter of fact as we're just kind of in the introductory part of this epistle I'll just mention this while I'm here that that's really how Ephesians is broken down chapter one you really deal with Jesus Christ and how he man he has had a plan from the ages you know at the beginning right God was planning for uh, how he was going to roll out the dispensations and so he uh, has prepared for us as the creator but then he gets into chapter two and he deals with the individual quickening how is it that we get into these great promises that those those us words that we were just talking about well it's through being born again and so we'll talk about that when we get to chapter two and then as you get into chapters three and four Paul gets into the real practicalities of what God has in store for the church because we know if you read it like Romans you know God has a special plan for the nation of Israel they have an inheritance God is going to do some Things with them, not in the too distant future. God has a redemptive plan. We've been watching since 1918 when the land was prepared for the Jews and the Jews weren't prepared for the land. And then 1948 when God used the world wars to prepare the Jews for the land and, and the world obviously as well. And so Israel became a nation. Not, the, not without consternation. They were born physically, but they haven't been quickened spiritually. But eventually God will also fulfill His plan with the nation of Israel. So um, God has a plan for them as well. But for us right now, God is working on building his church. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we see that the Lord Jesus Christ um, uh, was, was setting aside uh, some things for, this, for the, the church of Ephesians. And he was actually um, giving some instruction through Paul because the time in which we live, God is measuring, or not measuring, but he, well, he is. We're, we're accountable for the things done in the body, whether they be good or bad. And so when you see the church at Ephesus appear in, in the book of Acts, you see the beginnings of a church. And obviously the Apostle Paul invested a couple of years there. It was a very important uh, church plant. And then from there, uh, at least seven churches were planted in Asia, and they're written of in the book of Revelation. And then so we get to see the measure. So that's interesting to know as well. The time that you spend here on earth is, is being measured. The reason that Paul found it important to write an epistle to the Ephesians is because, well, he's interested in how they're going to turn out. Just like if you have children, it's not enough just to have a child. You want to, you want to feed them, nurture them, grow them, and you really want them to fulfill their call. Uh, you want them to be everything God uh, saved them to be, or if they're born, of course, what God, obviously we want our children to be saved so they can go to heaven. But beyond that, God saves people so that he can utilize them in the kingdom. So if you have your Bible, just keep your finger here in Ephesians. I want you to go back to the book of Ephesians chapter. Uh, Two, uh, and uh, I want you to see what God said to the the Apostle John. Jesus Christ literally reporting back through the Apostle John on how they had done. Now you got to fast forward the tape. Yeah, Ron. Revelation. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. Revelation. I did say Ephesians two. Uh, Revelation chapter two. So turn in the back of your Bible to Revelation chapter two. The Apostle John here is given the revelation of Jesus Christ and. We just finished up. I just did a last installment on that on that subject on the Book of Revelation just a few weeks ago, uh, but I want to go back to the beginning of the Book of Revelation in chapter two, and I want you to see that that um, the the word Ephesus pops up again, and and the Lord is is revealing uh, to the apostle uh, you know to the apostle John what's going on with the seven churches, and he says in chapter twenty or chapter. 1 and verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the, uh, are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So he's speaking about these angels that are stewarding uh, these churches and he's talking about these, these churches. And when the first one that's mentioned in chapter 2 and verse 1 is the angel of the church of uh, Ephesus. So he's writing unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. He says, um, these things, saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I always like to point out that the Lord Jesus Christ is walking with us uh, through these times. He promised in, a, in Matthew. You know, a lot of people right now, they are freaking out over all kinds of things and living in fear. And, uh, and obviously, we should be cautious and, and uh, considerate. Those are two C words we ought to be worried about today. We ought to be cautious and we ought to be considerate. Right of, of what of, of others—that's what Christians do. Um, but at the same time, we we shouldn't be consumed with fear. Right? You can be cautious, you can be considerate, but don't be consumed with fear. Why? Well, because Jesus Christ is walking in our midst. Over in the Book of Matthew, chapter twenty-eight, the last thing He tells the apostles there in Matthew is, "Hey, lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world." So don't don't doubt it. Jesus Christ is walking with us when we get saved. He's indwelling us, and He's walking with us. And in chapter in verse 2, he says, I know thy works. Well, I thought we were saved by grace, through faith. Well, we are. We'll get to that in Ephesians chapter 2. And when we get over there, in verse 10, we're going to find that we're saved unto good works. There is a work for us to do. The church of Ephesus, I said it's like a mini-Romans. It's a work in church. And they did some things that the Lord is happy with. It says, "And thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not... And has found them liars. Now, if you were here with us last week, you were able to read in in the book of uh, Acts, where the Apostle Paul, in chapter 19, he warned the Ephesians of what was coming. I talked about grievous wolves will come in. Right? We talked about how they'll affect the church. And so Paul's like, "Man, um, beware of them." Well, we we find out that was in like uh, 60 A.D. Well, now we're 96 A.D. Most likely. So over 30 years later. Amen. the church has done a good job. It says that you've tried those which are evil, uh, and um, you you would not bear them. I'm sorry. Thou thou canst not bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. So they've been able to root out the phonies. Uh, Phonies in leadership. You know, sometimes there's phonies that portray themselves as leaders of the church. You need to be very careful because Jesus Christ... Is the leader of the church? He is the head of the church. Someone, anyone tells you that that uh, you, you know that Jesus Christ is not the head, that they're the head of the church, you got a problem right there. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. You say, yeah, but Brian, you're the pastor of the church. Yeah, I'm an under shepherd, uh, but Jesus Christ, this is His church. Matthew 16:18 makes that very clear. He is building His church, and the and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So He says, you know what? You've done a good job of rooting out those false apostles, those, those phonies. Um, and then he goes on to say, and has borne and has patience. I mean, that, that's pretty pregnant in meaning. So uh, they endured a lot of hardness. Maybe right now you're going through some hard times. I know people are losing their businesses, and it's a difficult time. There's a lot of uncertainty. It's hard to be patient. You know, patience requires suffering oftentimes. And, and so they, they suffered. They, they bore. Uh, they, 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 had, they had dealt with that difficulty and it says that they did that for my name's sake, and has labored and has not fainted, so they 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 were they were busy about the work of God under difficult circumstances. I just had a, an email today from a brother i'm not going to say on the on the line here who they are, but it was from Asia I'll leave it at that and man they're dealing uh, in Asia right now there's a lot of saints that are doing good work under difficult circumstances they're laboring and they're and they're suffering, and uh, it's a hard time, so we need to be praying. Right now, we need to be think about our prayer list time. We need to be praying for the saints, uh, especially in, in places uh, that are really difficult. Uh, people are starving, and people don't have money. If we, this continues in their countries, uh, man, uh, the consequences are, are very dire and very personal and practical. And so, uh, so be praying for them. He goes on to say they didn't faint. You know, they didn't quit. Nevertheless, he says, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So they needed to go back and do like what they were doing in the school of Tyrannus. They need to be opening up the word of God and studying the word of God and then sharing the word of God. You know, sometimes in a time like this, people just kind of fold up and say, man, I got to take care of me and mine. This is the worst time ever to do that. God is like, no, make sure that you don't lose your first love. Make sure that you are in the Word of God daily. Make sure you're praying and that you're sharing the Word of God with others. And I want to commend HBF for doing that. Uh, We're going to start a a care uh, ministry. Even this week, this weekend, we're going to have people here, uh, God willing, meeting people for prayer and the Word of God and and encouraging them. And so we praise God for that. And so uh, God has done some things there. Now I want you to notice this, though, in verse verse 6. He says, uh, but this... Uh, thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans which also I hate can you imagine that God hates some things he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans and so there were some people and they I believe would fall into this class of probably some of these false uh, apostles Um, he's like hey look I know you've you've tried these people but don't lose your first love right because love is so important charity never fails Uh, make sure you love God so you can love people Thank you, though, for trying these false apostles. I know that you, uh, thou thou, hast, but this thou hast, thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which also I hate. Do you know that God hates some things? He hates pride. He hates the evil way. And so um, Nicolaitans, they would exalt exalt their authority. They would exalt themselves over the lady. So they had some activities, some deeds they were doing that that God hated. And, you know, he really enjoyed the fact that the, the Ephesians called him out on it. Look at chapter 2 and verse 15. Now he's talking to the to the church of Pergamos. And it says, So thou hast also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So there are some things that God hates. And I don't want to get too far into that discussion. But the church at Ephesus was, was attuned not only to what God loved, but they were also attuned to what God hates. And in our culture today, a lot of people don't even realize that there's some things that God hates. He hates sin. Um, and so... Uh, and the Nicolaitans, the deeds and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, those that would exalt their authority over the saints. And you say, well, Brian, why are you talking about this? Because you know what? He was really transferring some authority to these Ephesians uh, in, in the way that he was dealing with them. Paul's epistles were written for the benefit of the body of Christ. Uh, every member should be engaged in understanding and studying the Word of God. He didn't want them to, to lose their first love. In Second Timothy chapter 3, and verse 16, The Bible says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture. He didn't want them to lose uh, the the word of God. He wanted them to hold fast to the word as they had been taught. So Paul wants to make sure everyone who is faithful in Jesus Christ is able to read and understand the blessing uh, that is found in Christ. And uh, when we read the book of Ephesians, that's what we're going to find. We're going to find blessings in the book of Ephesians. So let me just ask you a practical question. You can just put this in the... You want to be so bold? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you can put this in the chat box on Facebook or YouTube or, uh, or whatever chat thing that you're connecting with. But would you be so bold to say, uh, Brian, I am faithful in Christ. I would hope that all of us could say that tonight. I'm faithful in Christ. When you think about that, saying that out loud, you know, are we really faithful in Christ, we need to be the ephesians they were they were faithful, they were a faithful church they uh, these these it says ephesians to the faithful in Christ Jesus, are we the faithful in Christ Jesus, man, I hope so. we need to be so let's talk about Jesus authority for just a minute because we can't talk about authority without talking about Jesus authority in verse two, we see that the apostle Paul says, "Grace be unto you." and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul saves the best for last in his introduction here. And Paul, the humble servant of Christ, uh, is, is very clear. He says in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 9, he says that uh, I'm the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. You know, when Paul is considering this, and I was just, I kind of need to circle back around where I left off. You know, Christ is walking with us. Uh, in our ministry. But he's also measuring us. Are we faithful? Are we taking care of the business that God has given us? It's not just about, oh, I'm born again, and there's nothing else else to do. Actually, there's a season where the first thing you need to do is grow. Maybe tonight, someone listening needs to get uh, baptized. Maybe you need to get discipled. You've already been saved, but you've not obeyed the Lord in baptism, believer's baptism. Well, we can take care of that. Let me know. Get on. The, contact us, and we'll, we'll take care of that. Don't wait till COVID to get over. Let's take care of that right now. Uh, we'll get that scheduled up and get it done. And so, you know, make sure you're obedient in those things that God's calling you to do. If he's calling you to labor, then labor. If he's calling you to judge those are Nicolaitans, then judge them as they did in Ephesus. But don't lose your first love. Don't lose the word of God. The word of God is so important. The apostle Paul was a humble man. And uh, he says, grace be to you and peace from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's letting them know that, man, God loves you. God's grace is upon you. I, he's the least of the apostles is what he said uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 9. Uh, he's a humble man and he's acting as Eleazar in the Old Testament is to facilitate getting the bride of Christ ready for the groom. Paul's not just focused on himself. He's focused on where, what the, where the church needs to be so they can be ready at the coming of the Lord. Now think about this. The Lord's coming soon. I don't care how you cut the the, the pie there's no doubt about it. The Lord is coming soon. Are we going to be ready? Then what's my job? My job is like to help be, help bring us to these realities of the Word of God that we are understanding what is yet before us. Because you know what, the road can be difficult. We could find more difficult days ahead. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, but what we do know will come is the Lord Jesus Christ to, to catch away His bride. And so we need to be ready. Our garments need to be pure. We need to be. We need to be. Uh, purified even we need to be holy even as we are holy right we need to be pure because we are pure right and so we need to be ready at the coming of the lord jesus christ so paul wanted to have the the church ready and in second corinthians he wrote to the church there and, and he told them he he likened himself to to like eliezer in the old testament that hooked up isaac and rebecca uh in second corinthians 11 he says would to god you would bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me for I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ so there's a different dynamic in Corinth than there was in Ephesus but we see before Paul left at last week and we as we read in the text he was very careful to make sure that he warned them uh, that the concision would come there's those that would want to cut uh, cut them off from from Christ and make them go back to the law and, and he warned them that there would be wolves that would come in and dogs dogs he called them dogs will come in and uh, and so he was warning them about those false leaders, those false apostles, those those people who say they are apostles and are not and so uh, why did he do that because he wanted to present the church pure, just like he did the Church of corinth so paul was a, he had a message for the church and it 's full of grace and peace and man that 's the message I want to bring you tonight. Notice the word. Um, that I just said, grace and peace, right? And so, uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're laboring for Christ, when you're in the thick of things, when you're dealing with difficult situations, when things are not easy, man, you just need to know that you got God's grace and you got God's peace. That's a nice thing to have. It's incredible. And so, Paul has a message for the church and it's full of grace and peace. Grace be to you and peace, uh, not just uh, you know, one, but we get both of those things. Isn't that exciting? So from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that, church. Paul is an apostle who has Jesus show up in his prison cell in Acts 23:11. I mean, this dude, I mean, talk about a personal relationship with Christ. It's not enough just to have Christ in you. He literally has, literally Christ just pops up to encourage him in Acts 23:11. Uh, that's amazing, uh, and that's by the way y- unique to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wants us to know that the same grace and peace that he has when he's in prison is the same grace and peace that we have. Maybe you're quarantined right now and you can't see your family. Uh, I just read a, or just saw an article or a uh, news report yesterday. There's a lady from Kansas City. She's stuck in Georgia on by her own her own uh, free will. We also have a missionary right now in in a place that I'm not going to disclose, but. That they're not able to just get on an airplane and come home. Sometimes you're, you're you're not able to be where you want to be or be in a situation that you want to be in, but you can you can rest assured knowing that God brings you grace and peace. And that should that should be something we have in every situation. Paul himself, writing from an incarcerated situation, says, "I'm bringing you grace and peace." I mean, Paul was under difficult circumstances, but yet he was saying, "Hey, I just want you to know the grace and peace that I have is the same grace and peace that you have. Uh, we all have the same." Uh, Lord and Savior. So if you don't feel special, um, you know, before tonight, you should feel feel special because God has a word for you and uh, it's grace and peace. God has grace and peace for you tonight. In the midst of a world of uncertainty and fear, we can say hallelujah. We have grace and peace. So can you say you got grace and peace tonight? I mean, can you say that? Are, Are we faithful? Are we the faithful in Christ Jesus? Yes, we are. If you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but are we living like it? So hopefully we are hopefully we we'll 're faithful, like that he 's walking with us, are we taking care of the things that god 's given us uh, to be and do? so if we are man praise god the the author of life has written you into his story, so it 's an amazing thing that we see in the remainder of Ephesians one and the weeks to come, because he had a lot of blessings chapter one's loaded with blessings you 're going to enjoy what God has for us so uh, we 've seen the authority of paul we 've seen the authority of the saints and the Father and the Son. Now, let's, I want to just take a few minutes and wrap this up. I want to just share with you the history a little bit more. We've already touched on a lot of this, so I'm not going to take a lot of time. But th- this is the prison epistle. And so, um, so we know that Paul's coming in. He's the apostle of Jesus Christ. He's including the saints into this and in, 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 in blessings of, of grace and peace, and he's letting them know uh, that. But it's coming to him. it's coming to them from, well, Paul, who's a prisoner at this time. And so he sent a, a quartet of men, uh, or he sent, I should say, a quartet of men to the churches during this time uh, to deliver the four epistles written during the time of incarceration. Uh, he sent, and I think this is on your notes there, he sent Epaphroditus, uh, and Epaphroditus was from Philippi, and he had the epistle to the Philippians. So he would, send, he, would, he would write an epistle, and he would give it to a faithful man and send it. Uh, then there was uh, Tychicus uh, from Ephesus. Uh, he had the epistle to Ephesus. So God dispatches him through the hand of the apostle Paul to get that epistle, which we're now reading tonight, to Ephesus. There was Epaphras, uh, Epaphras uh, that, that uh, we, went, we see in Colossae. Uh, he had the epistle to the Colossians, and Onesimus. Remember, the slave uh, was born again while he was in bonds in Rome, and uh, he was able to write and send an epistle of Philemon uh, uh, to the epistle uh, to Philemon from. Uh, in the hands of Onesimus, which in itself is an incredible redemptive message and story in itself. And so uh, the history, that's the, the prison epistles, the the, the history of Ephesus, uh, we've already covered much of that, it was founded by Paul during the second missionary trip, after spending 18 months in Corinth, we talked about that last week, and Aquila and Priscilla joined him, we talked about that, and that pioneering work uh, there in Ephesus, so that they, they, uh, uh, Paul promised to return. After a short time in Acts 18, 19 through 20, Aquila and Priscilla stayed there and won, the, won Apollos to Christ, and uh, that was very important. There seemed to be a nucleus of a disciples of the Apostle John in that area. But later on, we see the Apostle Paul lead several of them to Christ. Uh, and, so, uh, and so Paul returned on his third journey and stayed there two years. We see that in Acts chapter 19, 8 through 10, and Acts chapter 20, verses 31. And then we saw three major things that occurred during... Paul stay. There are three things that really, and this is something you might want to, to, to get down. Three major things that occurred is, uh, is that uh, uh, first, the disciples of John the Baptist realized Jesus was their Messiah. We saw that last week in, in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Uh, and then the, there was uh, uh, the divination of Skeva's sons in Acts chapter 19, 13 through 20. We saw that really the power and authority that the Apostle Paul, um, well, of the Word of God, really, we'll just say that, the Word of God, as uh, you could not, again, we talk about false, false apostles, and people who say they're apostles and are not. There's, a, there's an illustration there in Acts 19 that was going on. There was a spiritual war going on in the church of Ephesus. And then the third thing is the defense of Diana, the goddess of Ephesus, by the local tradesmen. So there was this incredible affinity for paganism. Um, and not much different than today. There are there are false teachers today. There are people who are, are you know, very uh, defensive of paganism, or maybe today we could put humanism in there, uh, humanistic philosophies today. There are people that are as dogmatic or more dogmatic over their humanistic philosophies or their pagan view of creation than of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. So, um, and, and the Creator. So they they choose creation over the Creator, and uh, that's always a bad thing. So. We see those three things were really major things that were occurring during Paul's stay there. And they're indicative of what we see by the time we get to Revelation. And we see that they handled those uh, fairly well, other than uh, they, were, they lost their first love, which is not a good thing. So Paul wrote First uh, and Second Corinthians while in Ephesus. And so uh, in 1 Corinthians sixteen 8, and 9, uh, he mentions that. That's how we know that. We just finished that up. Uh, this week on Sunday night, so uh, that chapter of chapter sixteen, and Paul later lays over in Miletus and uh, we saw that where the Ephesian elders came to him, and he had a great relationship with the with the ephesian elders so um, the apostle John engaged them as we saw and uh, and by ninety a d they had tried those that were apostles, and so like the local churches today they need to they need to be um, uh, we need to be faithful about making disciples. Something happened between the time they were in the school of Tyrannius and hooking men up and going out and planting churches in the end of the first century. And so I pray that would not happen to your church and it wouldn't happen to our church. You know, it's difficult to give birth to a new church at times. Um, but you know what? It's important that we continue uh, to send out faithful men. That we can, And you can't send out faithful men and you can't plant new churches and you can't go forward with the gospel if you're not training men, if you're not making disciples. And it starts uh, just like in a home. It starts with a baby, making sure they got the basics of God's word, and you have to continue to build. Here at HBF, we have a, a process for making disciples, starting in D1. I'm excited. This week, I'm people are still doing discipleship. We're still engaging people in the word of God and making disciples. That cannot stop no matter what the circumstances. That has to go on under difficult circumstances because we don't want to lose our first love and you can't make disciples if you're not imparting the word of God to people and if you're not in the word of God yourself you're not going to have anything to give to someone else and so really Christian life is about one beggar giving another beggar bread man and it really is that simple but the cool thing is when you see Ephesians you see the glory and the incredible promises that God has for us and how he has thought about us since the beginning of the world he's he it's incredible if we don't come away loving God after the book of Ephesians, we're all messed up. But uh, he reveals the mystery of the bride of Christ in chapter 5. I mean, there's a reason for that. Uh, it's different than, than espousing to a chaste virgin in, in, in Corinth. Now he's going to reveal the mystery of the bride of Christ. And it starts really in those us words that we just looked at in their introduction. So uh, I've had you turn to Revelation already. And, and you saw what the angels said to them, that, that they could not uh, stand those, right? They couldn't bear them which were evil. And he, they tried those which say they are apostles and or not. And they ended up being a faithful church, but they had some things that they, they, they kind of let loose of. So tonight, what are the things in our life? You know, during this COVID time, maybe there's some things that, that have, uh, have kind of loosened up in your walk with the Lord. I want to encourage you to make sure that, that tonight what we've learned is the Lord is with us, right? It's not like he's just some in dis, distant place. If you're born again, of course, he's in you. And he's also interested in what's going on in your life. We have a snapshot in our Bible of the church in its birth its church and its formation and its function with the elders and then we have at the end of the first century uh, we have God's view of how that church is done how will we be how, how are things going to shake out when the Lord catches us away or we die of, of something we get might get hit by a bolt of lightning who knows but whenever you die or you get raptured up are you going to be ready right are you going to have Done what it is that God saved you to. Have you been who God saved you to be, right? You know inside that you are to be like Christ. Are you engaging in the local church in a way where you can have people nurture you and encourage you? And then are you doing the work that you're supposed to be doing? Right now, we got a busy crew working in the AV booth. God has them at work. That's important business because we're trying to get the Word of God out, right? And so. Doing whatever it is, it could be mowing the lawn, as I always say, or it could be watching kids, holding the baby in the nursery. You know, doing the work of ministry. Of course, taking care of our families, but don't get drunk on yourself, right? Also, look on the needs of others. That's what the church. That's what the gospel is all about. So let me close with this because I've talked about the authority, I've talked about the history, and we've done a good job of getting in the history last week. But lastly, let me just just kind of talk about this epistle as a whole, as it's a beautiful epistle. And as we go through the book of Ephesians, we're going to see uh, the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ in the first uh, two chapters. As I've mentioned, he is the creator of all things. And you're, we're going to see that, how he's been thinking about the dispensation of the fullness of times for us. He's, going to, he's got it all set up. And in all of that, when we get to chapter 2, he's going to talk about not only is God our creator, right? Not only is Jesus Christ the creator of the universe... Uh, But he's also the one who quickens us and brings us to life and quickens us and gives us an eternal inheritance, which he speaks of in the first chapter as well. So he connects the dots. Christ is our sufficiency. He's sufficient to create the earth. Man, we celebrate Christ. When we think about Earth Day, we think about Jesus. He spoke the world into existence. So uh, it's cool to celebrate the earth as long as you put the glory and praise on the Lord Jesus and uh, and, uh, understand that the solutions to this planet are only going to come through Christ. Uh, just like the solutions in our life, it only comes through the quickening that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, we see that and when we get into chapters 3 and 4, there's, a, there's this incredible unity in the body of Christ. He's going to talk about being fitly joined and fitly framed and how the body works together and, as one. And that's an incredible thing. And he's just setting them up for chapter 5 and 6 when he's getting into the, the Christian's duty that we are literally to function uh, and he reveals the mystery at the end of chapter 5 of Christ in the church, and he talks about how we're to to walk, and he talks about how we're to war, and he talks about all of those things in chapters 5 and 6, and we'll get into all that. That's going to be exciting, and then uh, uh, so we see those three divisions. You can divide it up. That's how I divide up my outline uh, is uh, chapters 1 and 2, 3 and 4, and 5, and 6, so just kind of like three pieces uh, there, and then we see that, that uh these epistles, the fruit, the investment in Ephesus, went to the seven uh, churches. So Ephesus, um, uh, the, uh, Paul's epistles, I should say, go to the seven churches. Uh, There's seven churches that Paul wrote to. One was the Church of Rome, which you guys know about, the Church of Corinth, uh, the Church of Galatia, Ephesians, Philippi, Philippi Colossae, and Thessalonica. And so uh, it's interesting, Thessalonica is still... Still in existence. Some of those towns are still there. So those are the seven churches. And then John wrote to the to seven churches. And when you look at that, you have Ephesus. Now these are in order of revelation. Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and of course the last one is Laodicea. And so you'll notice in, that two, in those two lists, the epistles written by Paul, the epistles written by John, that Ephesus is appearing in both of those because they're important. And I want you to know that if you're born again, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you're not associated with a local New Testament church, you are not functioning in the, in the fullness of what God wants for you. There's a lot of people, especially today, man, they just, they just I'm saved, and, they, and they're, you know, they're church of the internet. But I want to encourage you, if you're watching from afar, maybe you're following from a distance, once this COVID thing uh, kind of subsides and evaporates, I want, and even before that, you can do this now. If you're if you're watching us online and, and you're like man I, I do think Brian I need to do something I need to go I need to get a little closer because these epistles there's private epistles the the pastoral epistles but God uses local New Testament churches the epistles are written in both of those lists to local New Testament churches that's God's ordained institution when He ascended He left three things the Spirit of God the Word of God and the local New Testament church and so our lives are not really what they need to be if we're not functioning in the context of a local New Testament church. Again, we'll talk about that in chapters 3 through 6. But the, the point is tonight, if you need to draw or God's calling you and you're like, man, Brian, I, I think you're right. I, I need to draw closer. How do I do it? Well, I would encourage you to to go to Facebook and look up HBF uh, Passpoint, HBF Lightwalkers, HBF um, the, the Bi- Adult Bible Fellowships that we've got listed there there's a, there's a, you can go to our reflections page actually and there's links to all of those services the berean class we got several uh small group fellowships here that meet every sunday during normal times and they still meet on sundays where you can get connected with people in a very uh in a more intimate way than just kind of hearing me talk to the atmosphere and man i would encourage you to get connected maybe you know someone personally that is a member of hbf and you're like man i want to get connected a little better we'll talk to them and have them get you connected with one of our ABF pastors or one of our leaders in one of those uh, adult Bible fellowships. And, and uh, if you can get yourself an adult Bible fellowship, you will automatically be connecting to the body of Christ. So I can't stress enough how important it is. If you're a member of HBF and, and you are not affiliating with an a, a, B, ABF, I get it sometimes. Sometimes you're, if you're elderly or what have you, it's kind of hard to get here. You can only make it for you know one service or whatever. You choose the main service. But during this time, during this time of COVID, all of our ABFs are available online. So if you've never taken advantage of an adult Bible fellowship, I want to encourage you to, to get online, to, to even call the office. We'll get you connected and directed uh, to one of the ABFs here at HBF so you can get some connectivity now relationally. Because it's kind of hard to be isolated like Paul in a prison. You need the church. You need to be connected to the people of God because that's, man, that's such an encouragement. So Ephesus is a strategic church. And that's why we see it twice mentioned. And so I pray that you're strategic, right? And who God has saved you to be. Ephesus was a strategic church. And that's what we want to be. We want our church to be strategic. Um, God's uh, plan, man, is strategic. He sends us to the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. He does that supernaturally. And he calls us to do that simultaneously. Even though we're kind of under a lockdown, that mission never stops. We're still doing that. And so... We praise God for that. So your homework tonight, if you're watching, you got homework. You didn't know that, did you? You've got homework tonight. I need you to do this. I've asked you to do one thing. Does anybody know what it is? What did I asked him to do? AV Booth, who, what it was the first thing I asked him to do? Let's see if Ron knows. He always knows. He's like the computer. He's a human computer. No, you're reading the notes. Go through the first six verses. Now, if the folks here don't get it, then you don't, you forgot too. So, go through the first six verses. Yeah, Ron, Ron's computer hard drive crashed. So go through the first six verses of, your, of, your, of the book of Ephesians and just mark or write. You know what would be really good? It Just write out before next week. Write out the first six verses of Ephesians on paper or type it out. And then notice or highlight or bold or mark in your Bible every time you see the word us. Uh, and that would be a good thing to do. And then the second thing I'd like you to do is just Read read the book of ephesians uh, if, you're not in a, if you 're not in if I mean if you, even if you have a, a book uh, that you 're in studying right now in your daily time, you can read the book of Ephesians I mean quickly or listen to it in your car or listen to the whole book of ephesians and uh, we 'll get into next week more of what 's going on as we look at christ 's blessings in chapters uh, one verses one through six so that 's all I got for you tonight. I just want to make a few announcements and uh, first, I want to thank the members of HBF thank you for praying thank you for uh, uh, you know giving as well you've been faithful in your giving and that's so important i know we need to be praying for those that that have uh, uh, you know jobs that are being affected by covid and what have you and uh, and so it's a difficult season for many so continue to pray for one another again uh, uh, if you know somebody who needs some prayer some encouragement we're going to establish a comfort ministry lord willing this saturday and uh, and or sunday and i'll get the information out we're going we're going to have a time i'm going to i don't have it right now available, but Lord willing, if it's not this weekend, it'll be next. We're going to have folks available uh, during the weekends at least, maybe even also in a weeknight to just uh, meet you. If you want to drive by, everything will be, uh, you know, uh, physically safe and socially safe and all of that. Uh, But we're going to have a time of prayer. We'll have some resources if someone needs something or, uh, you know, maybe they're struggling with addiction. This is a tough time. I just heard, uh, I think it was this week, uh, a, a crazy Drug addict or something went in down in Belton and just shot some guy dead uh, for no reason other than he was high on life and uh, and so and he was high on drugs of course and so um, that's a really tragic situation. People have a lot of time on their hands right now uh, getting into some things they ought not and so uh, we need to really be on our A game and uh, make sure we're ministering Christ to people in need because Jesus is the only solution uh, to some of those types of problems. The only solution for man. Is the Lord Jesus Christ? Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week in the Book of Ephesians as we talk about Christ's blessings. Is there anybody commenting? Any anything we need to know from the uh, from the comment line? Oh well, thank you. I'm encouraged. Bobby and, and Julie, Julie Foster. Okay, Bobby Blaine and Julie Foster, you guys get a brownie. If I had a brownie, I would give you a brownie. So praise the Lord. <laughs> well, thank you guys for uh, commenting on the chat line. And, uh, and so remember those questions I asked today, all of us, you know, are we faithful with, with, uh, in, G- in Christ Jesus? Are we faithful in Christ Jesus? Because Jesus is walking with us and he's measuring. I was just looking at it, just anecdotally, I was just looking at where Randy and I were I just on my Facebook feed popped up last uh yesterday uh just this time last year we were in zambia africa you know man that was an incredible trip you know and I, i'm so thankful that i got to get that in in my lifetime uh you know and, and so shout out to zambia africa if you're watching uh douglas and the gang over there man we love you guys and uh think about brian be praying for brian uh calloway and uh you know the, again they've been ministering so faithfully in africa as well and and so God has a heart for Africa, still has a great heart for Africa, and there's a lot going on in Africa. So, uh, and so, you know, are we faithful? And it was so cool to see all the fruit. And I was just remembering uh, last year's trip to Africa for a resurrection conference and getting there, and, and Randy is, like, greeted like a rock star at the airport. And then, then everywhere we go, man, all these pastors, we're not just talking about the saints, of course, are coming out, but the pastors just loved on Randy. It was outstanding. They literally were singing and, and, and dancing because Randy showed up. It was such a cool thing for me to be a part of and see that. And um, and so uh, what a cool thing. It just reminds me, uh, Randy hadn't been there, I think it was like 12 years since he had been there. That's what it's going to be like when we get to heaven, man. Sometime, to, sometimes I opened up the Facebook and I, and I realized this has happened this morning. And I, and I realized that, you know what, one of my good friends from the ministry who I've lost touch with, touch with over the years, has gone home to be at the Lord. I missed the funeral. I missed the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I was kind of bummed. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to see him again. And it's going to be like when Randy and I showed up in Zambia, and they're all dancing and excited to see Randy. It's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to when we can all get back together. But in the meantime, let's do life good. Let's, do, let's be faithful so that when we come back together, we can report on, man, you know what, this is what God did during COVID. This is what we were doing for Christ during COVID. This is what, I mean, we got testimonies of people getting saved. We got testimonies of people witnessing. We got testimonies of of, uh, people getting married. I mean, God is still moving in people's lives, and we just need to continue to be faithful and just continue to have that, that presence of God's peace and His grace, grace and peace, as Paul brought it to the Ephesians. May we have that tonight as we dismiss. So I pray that you guys are encouraged in the Lord, and I pray that uh, you continue to run your race and you're faithful. Thank you for all the love that you're sharing on the comment line. And uh, we need we need, to, we need to I do need to reward those that get the answers. So Julie and, and Bobby, you have inspired me. Maybe I'm gonna have some sort of uh, reward so I can keep people connected next time. And uh, and I appreciate you guys paying such close attention. It's almost scary. So uh, God bless you guys. Uh, I'm gonna go offline. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Are there any prayer, any prayer requests that anybody's throwing up that we need to address? There's one. Um, Mark Lockwood mm-hmm. asked for his daughter. A of well. Okay. Is that it? Rachel and Stephanie. Mark Lockwood's daughters, they're on the front lines of the st luke's yes sir yeah stacy vallejo She's in the testing department for covid so she's uh and ray i'm not i'm repeating so that, that people online can hear me so stacy vallejo's testing for covid every day uh, so she definitely needs our protection and prayers can I say the other aspect of what's going on with, with that, Ray? No? Yeah. Can I? Okay. So she's she's also uh with child, so that's an important aspect of that as well. We want to keep her healthy. So anyway. So no? Okay. I don't know. Anyway. We had a special the place that we were supposed to be at. Awesome. Well, hey, we're glad that Yeah, I know who that is, man. Shout out to you, special guy. We don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but uh, it's good to see you guys from Asia uh, chiming in. And uh as we conclude, just remember uh remember to uh, be in prayer uh for those that are um in this field right now. There's a lot of uh, pastors and a lot of missionaries serving abroad and uh and uh not everywhere's the USA, so the, the shutting things down are a lot harder. Uh, in other countries than it is here so a lot of folks are i was just sharing today in the office a lot of folks are day to day outside the usa so uh, when you don't have things open uh, it's hard to get rice it's hard to get food and uh, things get dicey in a hurry so be praying for the saints in those situations and also the gospel to go forth so thanks for joining us i'm going to go ahead and we'll conclude with a word of prayer over these and uh, heavenly father we want to just thank you for